Boom! Welcome, everybody, to the next podcast of Great Health Does Not Have to Be a Mission Possible. So, we have a blood sugar handling problem, and you're like, what should I do? What should I eat? How am I supposed to work out? Well, today we're going to talk about just a little bit of exercise, but really how to prepare and how to plan. Um, I'm Dr. Alan Trites. I'm a functional medicine doctor, and today I'm going to be discussing about the most effective ways to set goals to reach your core motivation. These are the pitfalls that I see so often in our, in our office, where somebody's not getting better fast enough, or they're slipping away. We have to go, wait, let's, let's put a pause on what's going on, and let's identify what pitfalls and things that may not be working. Again, the reason we want you to know that is that so many people will go on a different diet or start exercises, they eat healthier, and they don't see the results that they want to see. And while there are physiological things that, that are roadblocks, or sometimes it's the medication, sometimes it's even the supplement that they're taking that are, uh, that are affecting them, there are some 95 to 99% of the time it's what you don't understand. And that's what I'm trying to get through today. So it's it's necessary to understand how to plan and prepare meals. It's necessary to have an exercise schedule and do it. Uh, what works for you? Because some people, they'll say most men aren't going to do yoga, but they'll lift weights. Most women aren't going to lift weights, but they'll do yoga. So we find what works for you. What about your shopping experience? Have you only gone into the store and come out? You only went in for one thing and you left. I said nobody going into a grocery store or going to a Costco. Well, shoot, there's a sample. Let's see what's going on with that. And what does that lead to? Uh, how do you handle things in your own environment? What if you have family members that aren't um, supporting you? Fire them. <laughs> that's that's one thing, but we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, how do you eat when you, you travel? What about going to a restaurant? What about going to a life event, a wedding, a birthday party? your birthday party. Uh, there's holidays, there's vacations. Uh, they're sitting at an airport right now. If you're traveling much now, there's really not a lot of pilots. So they have to cancel a lot of flights. You're going to be sitting at an airport. What are you going to do? Does he eat junk food all day long? So how do you prepare for these things as they come along? And what are we doing that, that you probably are doing and you may not know about that are sabotaging your health? And we want to continue to make progress. I want you to make, um, to feel better about yourself. Uh, I want you to live as long as you possibly can without any pain, without any brain fog, and be the best person that you can be. Because the more healthy we are as a society, I know that this nonsense that's going on in the world will be better. We can handle it better. We can talk to people better. Hangry, I mean, hangry is a real thing. Um, I, I, I was not, I, I was Jekyll and Hyde growing up, probably until in my mid-20s. If I didn't have food in me, we started to realize it. If I said I'm not hungry, I'm starving. If I said I'm hungry, I'm not really that hungry. And so there's just so much dysglycemia that's going on. Um, and so when we look at a disease like diabetes, we really have to look at your life. How do you live? Because this this disease is related to lifestyle. Um, and, and I could say lifestyle is a buzzword, but it really means everything that you do. Your interpersonal relationships, how you work, how you take care of yourself, how you take care of other people, how you you know take care of your stuff. Um it's it's important to go through that. That's that's really your lifestyle. So there's a lot of things that can go into lifestyle. So whether it's a business coach or a health coach or a spiritual coach, or maybe it's a sport coach, they always talk about what's the what's the the end result in mind. Uh, if it's sporting, hey, I want to win a championship or something like that. Or actually, we just we haven't never won a game. We suck that bad, and we want to win one game. Okay, there's this this goal. Uh, as a as a business, you might want to grow here. Um, as a uh, as a parent. I want to see my kids graduate high school or I want to see them get through college and I want them to or I want them to get married whatever that end goal is well the same thing has to happen in your health journey and with diabetes so many things can, can come back on you so we have to really sit down and talk about what's the what's the end goal here 
what's important to you and what's a clear picture of the outcome before we really create a plan. So if somebody says, I really want to come off all my meds. Okay, great. We got to sit down and talk about that. Somebody goes, I just want to get my A1C down below 6.5 or I've had pilots come in or truck drivers and they have to be able to really below eight for uh, an FF, um, a CDL license or an FFA um, license. They have to be below a certain amount because you can't have somebody lose their eyesight or worse, have a, they have higher risk for stroke at that level. So they've decided that they can't do that. They can't pass. So they want to get below that number so they can continue to work. Totally get it. We try to motivate them a little more than that, but that's the, that's the ultimate goal. So what, what we, what I want to know is what do you see your health look like when you do whatever it is you need to do to get there? And, and really, how do you want to feel when you get there? I mean, you're going to be jumping around. Do you think you're going to run a marathon? What, what is your thing? And how do you think mentally and emotionally you're going to feel? You got to picture yourself in that. You got to have that in mind. Um, you know, I'm a, proud graduate of the university of kansas and one of the um i got it's a basketball school it's not a track and field school i got it but that's um or a, a medical school it's really a basketball school at the end of the day sorry ku people it's a basketball school because the other things don't really matter i mean that's what they're known for they started basketball but in my youth uh, high school there was a, a, a young man that was finishing his PhD there, and he was writing scripts for the basketball players. And one of the basketball players, very famous, uh, name is Danny Manning. And he wrote what Danny Manning had done before the Final Four in 1988 about him being confident and going through what he says in his mind before he takes a shot at the free throw line. And it really wasn't, wasn't complicated, but he, you know, every, nobody, I don't hear anybody in the crowd. I'm bouncing the ball, I'm spinning the ball three times. I take a deep breath. I relax my shoulders. I relax my knees. I look at the back of the rim. This ball is going to go in. He sees the ball go in. The the sound of the ball hitting the net. The swish, the whoosh, as it goes through, and then he shoots his ball. Um, and, and so we had to start translating that to what do we what do we see when we're when I was running? What do I see myself? You know, uh, okay, now I particularly on a cross country course, I, I know different points of what should happen. Uh, if it's raining out, what am I going to be experiencing? Do I want to be in the lead? Do I want to be a second? If it's super muddy, I want to be a first. If it's super windy, I want to be second. If it's sleet or snow or whatever, um, I always had to decide where I wanted to go, but I had to visualize what's going on because when you get out and you start participating and you have to think, you, you don't. <laughs> you, you just like, I mean, there's a you have to react. You have to just be there. You have to be there in the moment. And what you want to do is you want to visualize what's going on because in this is in the health journey too. If you don't see what's happening and you don't make uh, a commitment to seeing that vision, it's so easy to fall off. And that's where so many people that come into our office have failed. And it doesn't mean they weren't at a good doctor. It just means that they wouldn't figure out what, are, what is the emotional feeling that they're trying to get to and what does healthy really mean to them. I mean, literally some people healthy, I got a, one of my best friends Healthy for him is having a salad once a year, and I'm not kidding. Healthy for him is when he calls me and goes, hey, I only drank five co- uh, Pepsi. He's a Pepsi drinker. I only drank five Pepsi a day. I usually drink 12. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's sort of like you might have really, really good friends, and you just don't talk about politics or maybe even religion. With him, we do not talk about health. <laughs> it's just we talk about everything else, and the world is, is good, and we, we do all those things, but that's just not one of the things we talk about. But that's really healthy to him, and uh, I don't even want to get started there because we just we just there's there won't be an agreement of anything that goes on until he probably has a heart attack, um, and then we'll see if he's willing to do something. So Ian, what does healthy mean to you? 
And so what you really need to do, there is a mental reaction of how it stores into your brain when you take a thought and what you want and then you write it down. So you got to write it down. Then you got to ask yourself, why? What is your why? Some people's for your family, uh, your kids, your husband, your, your wife, your, maybe your parents. Uh, maybe it's your business. Maybe it's just you. Maybe you have things to do. You're like, I'm going to climb Mount Everest, but mm, it's kind of hard to take my insulin out along with me. Um, what is it? Do you want to lose weight? Do you want to have energy? Do you want to live longer? Do you want to feel better? Um, what does it really mean? I mean, I've, I've got uh, a couple of patients that some unfortunate things happen in their life, and they're in their mid-70s, and they have a three-year-old because things happened, unfortunate situations that are happened that nobody in their lineage was available and we'll get into the details, but they weren't available to take care of the three-year-old. So now they're, they're literally mother and father to this three-year-old, and they have blood sugar issues. Okay, so their motivation five years ago was just to ride off into the sunset and retire and, and be together. They can't do that anymore. They literally have to be mother and father to a three-year-old. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine being in your mid-70s? I mean, it's one thing in your 40s and maybe into your 50s. I could see that, but holy cow. They're in their 70s, so we, we definitely want to do everything we possibly can to make sure that their blood sugar is, is solid because if, if we go by, you know, when people should, how long you live in the United States, they've actually outlived that. They've lived longer than that life expectancy, but they have, and they know the reality of what's going on. The probability of both of them making it to high school graduation is really low, and that's that's sad, and it sucks. I mean, we all have challenges to go through. That's, that's a tough one. So... Uh, a little bit of prayers and thoughts and props out to people who have to go through that because they're not the only ones that, that, that do that or grandparents that ends up raising grandkids or great-grandparents in this case that are raising grandkids, great-great-grandkids. So what does it mean to them? And, and what's important for them is probably getting them to be a, a member of society. Uh, what emotion will you feel when you get there? And is there a medical or a health goal? So some people, I just want to reduce my medications. I want to come off of medications or I just don't even, I know I'm on the borderline. The doctor says I can wait and I want to make sure I can do everything healthy naturally that I can do for me so I don't have to do this. So there are, there are those things that are happening to them. So I had a, a patient come in probably about a month ago and He's got dysglycemia. He's got a blood sugar problem. No ifs, ands, or buts. He's mildly overweight. The guy's got some great muscle tone, but mildly, and it is probably um, it, it really not, but it's it's more for him than he wants to carry. But his, his big issue was he knows something is wrong. He knows the blood sugar is off, and he thinks he's going to be dead in two years, and he has two young kids. And so... It, I still have have you write it down and tell me, but I, I knew what his why was, and it was just to be the dad for him, because he's not even forty, and he's got some things that are going on, and the guy eats somewhat healthy. I mean, you can get, bit, get nitpicky if you really want to. He works out way too much. It's a complete overtraining, because he feels that it helps regulate his blood sugar, and in his case, it's not. But I understand his why. He's trying to do what he can read and understand from Doctor Google to make things better. I need to eat salads and I need to work out. Okay, then you go so far on it that you actually make things worse. So every case, and your case included, has a multifactorial, multifaceted approach. 
you have to look at many different things. And so we look at the different bases. Like if somebody comes in the office, we have to, I want to know as much as we can about them. And and you need to sit down and go, what about this? And what about this for you? Um, So the more that we can cover, or you can think about it, or when you come in the office or somebody, uh, you go to see a doctor, how many questions are going to ask you? And I really do want people to give me as much as we possibly can. And I love it when they're completely open. Hey, I've done these things in my life. Okay, great. Those are factors that come in. Let's say you had a great, you know, 20s. <laughs> you really partied a whole lot. Well, those things can come back to haunt us. But if I'm not aware of them or any doctor that's seen you is not aware of that issue, you may be missing some testing that would help clarify what's going on with them because they're like, okay, well, that was caused by this. I understand that, but the damage is this or the damage is, oh my gosh, we got to do something about it. You, you, those those things are important, as embarrassing as they might be in the, the past. They're always beneficial to somebody who's listening and willing to get forward. So in our practice, for as an absolute fact, I mean, our goal is to get them off of medication. Not, I don't take them off. Don't, don't hear that. Our goal is to get them off medication, especially in a type 2 diabetes situation, because clinically and medically and research-wise, it is a curable condition. So if we do all the steps that we're supposed to have, we should be able to get them off of what is medicating them to keep their blood sugar in check and get their body to regulate it properly. So in most cases, I mean, we want to get them off. Understand that some things are too far um, gone. So what we want to do is reduce them significantly at the very least. And maybe they get down to, uh, for instance, somebody that's a, a really bad case, they may be on um, type 2 diabetes medication and insulin and blood pressure medication and uh, maybe there's some thyroid stuff in there and um, cholesterol-lowering drugs. And then there's the and, the and, the and, the and. Um, so how many of these can we, we manage and help them out with? Uh, we want to get as many as we can because every single one of those has an effect. Now, when we talk about food, it's about, and according to your life, what happened that you lost control? So type 2 diabetes isn't a, you're a lazy thing. It's about control. When did you lose control? For instance, if you were... We'll go back to the, some of the things that are more addictive. Sugar is the hands down the most addictive thing. I mean, you can put sugar and cocaine in the lab rat, and the, the lab rat will go for the sugar. But cocaine is very addictive too. But they they love sugar, and that's the way we are. It's it's a dopamine receptor. We love it. So when do we lose control with sugar? And some people, maybe they had one drink a week, and then one drink a day, and then a couple drinks a day, and then it became more. They lost control somewhere in there. What what is one once a week? Who cares? One a day? Mm, okay, maybe. But then you start losing control. Well, nobody starts with a pack of cigarettes a day either. They they start with a puff and then they hack and cough. I've, I've never heard of anybody go. You know, I picked up my first cigarette. Man, I just loved it. I'm sure there's somebody out there. Don't you don't need to, to email our office and go. It was me. Um, and then it's the same with let's say cannabis or uh, cocaine. There are people that can have these things once and they're fine. And there's people that have one thing and they, they just can't ever go without it. Um, but it's when did you lose control? Sometimes it's the first time, sometimes later on. So we want, you know, some, some of the questions that come in our office, I mean, they call, Hey, whether it doesn't matter, I've got high blood pressure. I've got Hashimoto's. I've got rheumatoid arthritis. I've got diabetes. I've got, it doesn't really matter. And they go, does your programs work? Well, yeah. 
as long as you're committed to doing we because not everybody's the same i'll have some things that are similar i mean obviously it really doesn't matter what you have we know that there are certain foods that are not good for you i mean just like i'm not gonna say hey um i see that you're on two packs of cigarettes a day your blood tests really aren't that bad for that and your lung volume test actually passed which is kind of surprising so i really can't tell you not to come off of smoking two packs a day of cigarette but we'll wait until it has a problem i mean i'm not going to say that that's not that's silly but i have a lot of doctors who do that's not very proactive so we want to see this physical transformation that happens we want to see improved physiology that's the testing that goes along and what people who do not have diabetes have so if you have a spouse or loved one or kids and they don't have it they should listen to this they don't know how bad diabetes feels because when blood sugar is improperly controlled you have more pain you feel pain more than anybody else your brain doesn't work you don't get brain fuel so then your brain doesn't fire so you forget things you get more depressed you get any more anxiety and here's the other thing you don't sleep as well so then you don't recover so then there's this like vicious cycle that continues so there's no way you're gonna pop up and be hey i'm at 100 even if you're on medication because you have a process that's going through there and so when somebody goes the conventional route i, I do feel sorry for them and and a lot of them are like because my insurance will pay for it but your insurance will never get you off of that medication. Understand that. The insurance game when you are taking medications is not to get you off. It's just to manage your case. At that point, what are you managing? You can manage it yourself. I mean, not really, not without a medication, but you can really get after it, manage it yourself if you start learning everything that we're trying to, to teach you about in these particular podcasts. So, the again, the conventional approach is to... I got your A1C, your blood sugar numbers. We're going to give them medication. They're going to monitor it. And then they've got better. High five. But stop taking the medication. What's happened? It's still there. And if it, while you're taking the medication, there's still the disease process happening. You're still having damage and everything else. And you're still not recovering. And you still have pain. And you still have brain fog. And you still have all these things, which is literally the same with Hashimoto's rheumatoid arthritis and all the other autoimmune things that are going on. The thing is still going on. Great. You have a medication that makes the numbers go down. And you do feel a little better. Um, most of the people do feel a little better when they start something and then it stops working so they have to go to another um, what's called biologic. That's because it hasn't been addressed. We've got to address it. And then when somebody comes in and says, I want my A1C to go down, well, is that achievable? Because, like, for instance, A1C is supposed to stay around for six months and they go, I have an A1C and it's 15, 16, whatever, and I want it to be at five in three months. That's not attainable. It's not realistic. I'm sorry. It's attainable, but not in three months. Is it realistic? It's impossible to do that in three months. Um, I, I don't know if anybody can do that. Six months with real hard work, it might happen, but most likely it's going to be a year. So a lot of these conditions, you're, by the way, your cells turn over every six months, except for your brain cells. So we have six months to really see a massive change in your, your life. And so if somebody comes in and goes, I need something in a month, I need something three months, um, you know, I'm, I'm getting checked for my flight, I'm getting checked for my uh, my driver's license for cdl um I, and we can't do that uh, now you can take a ton of meds and get it down but you still have the disease process and you probably feel even worse if you're going to do something silly like that um so th those are things we're trying to get is what's attainable now here's what i hear in my office and this is what we're going to try to help with i'm trying to make good choices but you know i've got a kid that is depressed and we're going in and out i've got a divorce happening i've got sick parents i've got a sick dog or cat 
Um, my work sucks. My boss sucks. My coworkers suck. Um, I get stressed out, and it happens. And when I get stressed out, I end up making bad decisions because I just want to reach for something that makes me feel better. And what you end up doing is you choose lifestyle choices that are based off your body's response to stress. You want to go eat something, you want to feel numb, and you don't want to do anything. Does that make you feel good? Because everybody, that, that, this is the question I ask now. Did it, well, did it make you feel good? Well, it made my mouth feel good at the time, but then I felt like shit for three days. Exactly. And, and one of the stories I had on that, and, and my son didn't have diabetes. Um, I think he was 10. He'd he gone out and trick-or-treating. And at 10, I, I, usually I try to negotiate, and I'll, I'll try to buy your candy, and then I just throw it away or whatever. Um, but he was adamant that year. He's like, no, nope. He, he starts like, I'll, you can have it for $1,000. Okay, be realistic. So his goal, make 1000 bucks, <laughs> is unattainable and unrealistic in my world. Okay, uh, how about 100 You know, or no, not going to do that either. And he goes, I, I'm just not going to do it less than 100 No deal. All right, fine. He says, I'm going to eat as much as I can. I go, right, here's the deal. You can eat as much as you want tonight. I don't care. Go for it. Um, but then you're you're done tomorrow. No money. Okay, good. So we agreed to that. So he, he ate um, as much as he possibly could. And for three days, he was on the toilet. And on day three, I did ask him. Uh, this is the, the mind of a 10-year-old. But I bring this up because it's it's the mind of most Americans. He's sitting on the toilet. And he's making noises. He's pretty suffering. And he gets done. And I said, hey, son, was it worth it to you? And you looked up, looked sick as a dog. And he goes, totally. (laughs) Okay. Well, he's come a long way since then. But you have to understand that, that why so many people don't necessarily go to an alternative or a natural doctor, a functional medicine doctor, is that that's the mentality. The totally is... I can take a medication or somebody can give me something to make me feel better. Did it stop the problem? No. The problem was his lifestyle choice on this one. So when somebody has a lack of something else to do, and this is, you know, he was the oldest and it was me figuring out how to be a parent. When there's a lack of something else to do, you fill the gaps. And most of the time in America, we fill them with food. I mean, how many food places, how many food commercials do we have? And when you don't feel like you can eat any food, they'll throw a whole bunch of medication commercials at you. I mean, that's really what's on TV. Drink, eat drugs. Drink, eat drugs. Um, so it's it's the way we eat. And fortunately, it dictates so many things in life. That's become our culture. In our relationship with foods, with food, with food is very synonymous with money it's very uh, synonymous with our habits of how we spend it's very synonymous with relationships with people so we have to figure out your why when your, your why is there you can figure out how to manage this thing so while we want to look at what's happening in a year we're going to retest in six months what's going to happen the first three months 90 days 90 days anything can happen so for instance if you ever heard of Beachbody, they have P90X, 90 days. They have um, P90X3 now. They have T25. They have T10. They have Insanity. They have, we can go on and on and on. Almost every single workout is 90 days to transformation. 90 days. Why? 
um, because that is the amount of time it takes to create habits. And when you create habits, you keep going. So most of the people that complete a program go on to the next one. So if somebody goes, okay, I want to lose 15 pounds in the next 90 days. Well, first of all, is it something that we can attain? Uh, in 90 days, is that enough to make it? Probably. Is it relevant? Probably. Do we have enough time to do it? Probably. Um, is it something that we can measure? Well, weight's pretty darn easy to measure, as opposed to somebody like, I want to um, be as smart as anybody in the world. Okay, I don't, I don't know how to measure that because we don't have this everybody in the world to go test. So it has to be realistic. And then, so that's, that's, a, that's a goal. But how are you going to get this goal? Um, what are the pitfalls in life? Understand that there's holidays like every week now. There's traveling that happens. There's people that come in. Um, there's things that get that busy in the way. I mean, I was I, I missed a workout last week, and it really did. It really did. It threw me off because I had all this this thing planned. We got delayed at the airport for 20 hours. We got back. I was home for literally 45 minutes before we're out the door again um, for a few more days. And it, and it threw me off. And the, the the few days I was supposed to be away the second time, I had a schedule of where I was supposed to be. Well, now we're not doing the things that we, we were supposed to be. Our timeline is completely off. I missed five days. Uh, that's too much for me. Uh, now, there's there's breaks that I take. But this was in the middle of a this 90-day cycle. Well, shoot. Um, so I had to go back into my entire workout plan. And by the way, I, I have them 90 days out. And I had to readdress, okay, on that day, I was supposed to do this workout. And I don't want to overtrain, but on this kind of an easier day, can I combine two easy days and break them apart or put an easy day, you know, like a morning and then a hard at night and then a, an easy day the night the next. And so I can get this this recovery. Will that work with a question mark heart rate? Um, so there's, there's things that happen. I mean, life happens. Funerals happen, births happen, and they can throw you off track. They can also throw you off track with your nutrition plan. So I really try to schedule what I'm doing the next day. And then life happens again. Here we are sitting at an airport. The good thing is I planned. So I had stuff to go with, but what if you'd had? And, and again, life happens. Maybe maybe it's your 30th birthday or your 40th birthday. Every all your friends throw a surprise birthday party and they sweep you off and you're, you're going to go and you haven't had a chance to eat all day so you're going to have food and they really want you to have whatever. You have a drink and whatever that throws you off of your nutrition plan, how you get back on. It's the next meal. Okay, life happens. I mean, come January, people come in and they confess all the things that they did. <laughs> um, Healthy-wise, then destroyed their health over Christmas and the other holidays that are around that time and I listen, but I really don't care. What I care about is, what did you do next? What have you done? Oh, yeah, well, I'm back. I'm, everything's back. I'm, I'm doing everything right again. Okay. Life happened. I'm not that person because you have to be realistic. Realistic from a doctor isn't, isn't just your goal. It's, it has to be mine, too. It has to be the, the doctor's goal. Realistic, without being a complete, I'll, I'll, I'll use the word fascist because I really don't use it when you use the... Um, a swastika-based explanation or, or, or name, but this is the only way. This this is not the only way. There are just little turns in the road. For instance, if you've ever flown a plane or sailed a boat, there are what's they're called tram points, and you have to 
the, the plane never flies straight. The boat never sails straight. You have to do re-correct adjustments. If you're driving a car, you don't just hold it in one lane and now the, the lanes change. But or the, the it's you don't have like one straight road all the way across the United States. They have, they have curves and everything that goes with them. But you have to make this adjustment. So understand that when you're going on your nutrition lifestyle plan, that there are curves. And the life throws you curveballs and you lean one way and then you get back on. You lean out of the way and you get back on. That's that's really the the, the big biggest key that goes on. So you gotta commit. Life happened. I'm going to get back in this thing. Got it. Uh, and if you don't exercise, it's very hard to get past this. But when you miss a day, I'm going to get back on it the very next day. And then make any adjustments that you have to have. So, again, you got to know what you're going to do to be able to lose, let's say, these 15 pounds in 90 days. And so some of the things that might come along, well, I'm going to limit my carbohydrates. Great choice. I'm going to increase my fiber. Great choice. Um, I'm going to eat a certain amount of servings of vegetables and leafy greens a day great choice i want to set a goal to work out and i want to do a combination of weights and cardiovascular i just want to do cardiovascular and i might do um you know high intensity but i'm only going to do five to ten minutes because that's all i can handle because I, I really have a lot of inflammation or uh, i just have diabetes but i really don't have a lot of inflammation i don't hurt a long time so i'm going to go more cardiovascular exercise maybe 20 or 30 minutes a day so these are just examples but they have to be catered to you what can you do one of the other things that happens is you have a lot of toxins that get into the food system. And a lot of these things are even called excitotoxins, which really overstimulate the side of the brain. They affect the nervous system. They affect other organs. And excessive amounts of these can cause damage to cells. And with the cytotoxins, you have a you have these this, these disorders of diseases that, that can be part of Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, dementia, multiple sclerosis, strokes, autism, excitotoxins. Now, you can also have conditions like migraines, the thing we've been talking about, diabetes, atherosclerosis, sudden death from heart disease, eye disease, digestive disorder, autoimmune disease, tumors, and cancer and obesity. So we're talking about excitotoxins. Now there's other toxins that do affect and they go and they block your receptors for insulin to work. And we've already kind of talked about that in the last two podcasts. But one of the things that you go out and you're trying to eat healthy and you see this thing called MSG or monosodium glutamate. As a rule, the more food is processed, more likelihood that it contains MSG. And they do those in a lot of your, I mean, we see so much MSG in soup, um, canned foods, uh, soy sauces, salad dressings, cured meats, uh, broth, crackers, potato chips. But MSG can come in many different names. And unless it's 99% pure MSG, they don't put MSG in. So they get the level of some other things. So if you see spices and natural flavoring and hydrolyzed vegetable protein, it's MSG. But here's some other names: hydrolyzed oat flour, autolyzed yeast, textured protein, yeast extract, calcium caseinate, sodium caseinate, plant protein extract, hydrolyzed plant pro- plant protein, hydrolyzed vegetable protein, hydrolyzed protein. Anything that really says that, I'm, I'm calling BS on that. And by the way, these are like 30 to 60 percent MSG. So you just for fun, go back, go grab a bag of Doritos. Not only do they have MSG, they're not caring about it then they have this 30 to 60 percent msg like two or three of them and then they have these ones that are 20 12 to 40 percent msg so malt extract malt flavoring bouillon broth broth stock natural flavoring natural beef natural chicken flavoring uh, those are for those little uh, ramen noodles you'll see those on there uh, seasoning spices i'm just giving you some things we get into and then ingredients that typically contain msg so if they just put enzymes on there, or soy protein concentrate, or soy protein isolate, or whey protein concentrate, or soy milk, or carrageen, they can have MSG. So what 
these things do is they excite the brain. It makes the neurons fire faster. So if you have a blood sugar handling problem, which means you don't make a lot of energy, it'll make you have a lot of energy really quick, and then you're actually have a crash. Brain fog and being confused and look like you don't have short-term memory and look like you don't have long-term memory is a big deal. It also doesn't allow... Uh, it's it, it's supposed to serve as a precursor precursor to one of your neurotransmitters known as GABA or uh, gamma aminobutyric acid, which is the main inhibitory transmitter in the central nervous system. Meaning, it's the only thing that you break. So, if you have a problem there, it, it, it can't break. All right, so that's what glutamate can do. There's there's oh I already talked about it, but it, it also can affect your inflammation process, and it also uh, affects your antioxidant level, which is how you keep from aging fast. So we do want to avoid the foods that have this in here. And there are some natural foods that we try to put our patients on who have a lot of anti or, uh, free radicals and diabetes. Unfortunately, you have a lot of free radicals. So sucumarin, sucurmin, uh, turmeric, quercetin, green tea, um, these all have been studied to dampen the detrimental impact of excessive glutamate. So we have to consider those um, as, as food. So when somebody keeps eating these particular foods that are exposed to them, they block insulin receptors. They screw up your blood sugar. They make you tired. So if you're at home and you're, you're just getting started, and, and I had a husband and wife in my office. Um, she's morbidly obese. And he had he was referred actually to our office because um, um, he'd seen a cardiologist and a dermatologist that said he had COVID-related fingers, COVID-related um, cardiovascular disease, but there wasn't anything that they could do. So he got to our office. All right, so we, we were going through the things. We picked up these, got pre-diabetes. Okay, we're going to try to do this and get him off of that. And he's just like gung-ho. He's listening to it. Great. She's sitting in the corner with her arms crossed the whole time. She goes, I'm not going to do any of this. We're not going to do this in the house. We're not going to, we're not going to do that because he was like, well, he asking really good questions like, well, what about this or what about that? And so the best thing to do is to, to clean out your pantry and get rid of the foods that are unnecessary temptations, especially things I can show you're allergic to, um, because it's so easy to reach for things that are that make you feel better when you're stressful or you're difficult. So like the cookies and snacks and juices and sodas and pastas and um, anything that might tempt you, like in the evening to eat. And they have, once you start shopping, this is what we're talking about, you replace this junk food, this refined food, with healthy alternatives. You get snacks to replace them, and you have real food in there. And like she was like, we're not doing this. We're not getting rid of the Little Debbies. We're not getting rid of the Pop. This is, and I'm like, you're not my patient, but you won't do it for your husband. Um, and so I don't I don't think he's going to have success. I mean, he's due to come in and and, and there's such a thing called willpower and I, I do have to bring that up willpower will eventually fail you it'll eventually fail you and there's so many cases of this um you know you can be super strong but uh, willpower will eventually give way all you have to look at is the history of time when people get put into slavery um concentration camps um as, as much as they had willpower, uh, they can get beat down. You can get beat down with the environment that you're in. You can be beat down by looking at too much social media. Willpower will eventually be gone. Or captured soldiers for Vietnam in what's called the Hanoi Hilton. They're beaten every single day. The willpower eventually went away. 
So don't torture yourself or say, I'm strong enough because somebody in my house won't do it. No, your family needs to rally around you. And and by the way, it's going to help them too. So it it needs to be that. Or, you know, if you've got a roommate that will go along, you know, talk to them and say, I really, I really need this for me. I need this and and, and it's going to help you. And then we like to have a weekly meal plan. We have it, it's uh, written on our um, refrigerator system magnet, but everybody knows who's making what and where we have it. So we know that the Friday is when we typically go to the store um, and, and we have a weekly meal plan. What do we need? It's your job. Everybody makes a certain amount of meals in our family and they tell us these are the, the ingredients we need so we know what we're going to go do. And so it's there. There are plenty of healthy recipe low-carb websites. Try some new stuff. Um, the worst thing that happens, and this is one of the pitfalls we knew in our house and we knew with everybody else's household, if you don't have a plan and you come home, what are we going to eat? <sighs> it's 7 o'clock. Screw it, let's get a pizza. It happens. It happens. And while there's a time and place it happens, that's the recipe for disaster because it happens once. What's your job? Get back on track. The very next meal. But if it, you continue not to plan, you continue to get a problem. So uh, one of the things I talked about when we go to this store is stay out of the middle. There's nothing good in the middle for you. I mean, great, and there's going to be uh, laundry detergent or um, dishwasher detergent, and they put them in the middle. But the stuff that's going to keep you unhealthy is on the inside. So we like to start on the outside. We, we don't just go up and down every single aisle and go, oh, I want that, Ooh, and I want that. Um, and so if, if you've been to your grocery store, you kind of know what it is. And sometimes they, they have their mapping out online. So we want to go and do that. So we start on the outside and we pick up our, um, our quality eggs, um, free range, um, antibiotic hormone free. Um, and, and I like this to, yeah, I'll even, when I started going out, I started looking at eggs and I'm like, well, free range doesn't mean really much. Um, and there's a whole series about what free range and, and um cage free really mean and it's a complete bs cover up by the usda and you know usd knows it um super size me too if you want to watch more about chickens so I, I go research who's making the eggs what are they doing with their chickens are they moving around they put them outside and they they they, they, they make different eggs that they're not eating grain and they're eating bugs that's what you want so again walking around and picking up eggs uh, grass-fed grass-finished meat can't get it at the normal grocery store. There's other places that have it. Um, uh, if you can have dairy, understand it. it's still inflammatory, but it can be, a, especially cheese, a good solution. We don't we don't have yogurt or milk or anything like that to do with it, but we will have some cheese. Um, and 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 go around that way. So strategy: get in, get out. And sometimes, if you if you really can't handle going in there, get like an Instacart and just order it. And in that way, you don't have the temptation. Um, in the United States, again, sugar is our number one recreational drug of choice. And in my my family, we grew up and always we call it. My mother called it the junk drawer. This is the junk food drawer. It has candy and all kinds of stuff. My mom has a secret junk. Uh, we found this out in like <laughs> in my teenage years. My mom had a secret one. That's why she ended up diabetic. And, and it, you know, her, she always said, "Well, my my." father worked at hostess or whatever and so we always had these options no you're addicted to sugar and you never did anything to address it what's your why addicted to sugar because you're depressed you're addicted to sugar because um 
of, of whatever reason, there's there's multiple we're not going to go into my mom's uh, demons on this one, but but we all have them. And so you get exposed to it. And so your palate will change. It takes a minute. It takes a minute to get to, to get over it. Well, some people, well, I'll, I'll, I'll stay away from I'll stay away from high fructose corn syrup, but I do like artificial sweeteners. So that's the problem. It's artificial, so it screws up your microbiome, which then leaks into your um, bloodstream. Well, you already have a sugar diabetes affects blood pressure and vascularity, and most people have a heart attack or stroke. That's the cause of death, complications, and diabetes. So we don't want to add artificial sweeteners because they affect that. Well, well, honey, it's different. It's natural. Um, and it's, it's a five carbon sugar versus a six carbon sugar. And so there's a five hexophosphate fructose shunt. And so it takes a lot longer for it to go in. And if you're diabetic, it's okay to have honey. Oh, really? Does your body care that it took a little energy to make a five carbon sugar into a six carbon sugar? Does honey still raise your blood sugar? Yep. Does honey still raise your insulin? Yep. Does it do it as much? No. But it still does it. And you have a problem. And when you have that, you're adding sugar back in. No ifs, ands, or buts. And how are you going to stay away from other things? Again, willpower won't do it. And if you're a sugar addict, you can't quit. So we have to be aware of these pitfalls to get into there. Other pitfalls, other than sneaking sugar into your diet, um, you probably won't have good sleep. You probably don't exercise when you get too much sugar because it makes you tired. I'm too tired to go do this. And then you get to insulin resistance. I'm too tired. I'm too fat. It happens. And so you can't burn fat. And so you're just a sugar burner. And understand that sugar only burns four units of energy. Fat burns nine. We want to get to a fat burner. So if you're relying on sugar for sugar to make energy, you're going to be sick and tired of being sick and tired all the time. So that's why we want to move away. So we want to get a little what we call metabolic flexibility. One of the things that people can do that's a hack is you can take lemon juice um, and drink it before a meal. It helps stabilize your blood sugar. Um, well, if you have to use a sweetener, monk fruit, and there are approved stevias that don't raise blood sugar or they have fructose, or not fructose, I'm sorry, uh, fiber in them that, that make it healthier. And so these are, are good things that can, well, dampen your hunger. And sometimes if you have like lemon juice with a little monk fruit, it's got a little sweet and sour to it. Um, it can light up your brain to where you're not as hungry. And, and Or when you get done with food, you're like, what some people get done with a meal and are like, I need, I, I need some dessert. Well, that can help take it away. This the sourness helps. It, it stimulates your brain in a different way. In other words, it's a, it's what's a, really a life hack for trying to get sugar out of your diet. If you have to go to a restaurant, what we do is we look at the menu in advance and we try to see is that is that what we're going to do. Um, and most of you know, if you're doing Doctor Google again, almost everything has a menu online now. And if they don't, we just typically don't even go there. And that's a heads up to your restaurant people. I, I do want to maybe peruse and take a look at your restaurant, but I have to make sure that I can eat there. And then we decide what we're going to have before we walk into the restaurant. Um, that makes it a lot easier. So if you go to a steakhouse and they're going to give you bread, well, we just say no. You know, don't bring that. If you're going to bring something, you can bring some asparagus, I guess. Um, and and then we we make sure that. You know, there's no reason to have a, a post-meal dessert. One of the biggest things we see is, you know, life happens. Um, a bris, um, a wedding, a christening, a baptism, and then they have an event afterwards. They're going to supply you with pastries. Oh, shoot, even our, our Sunday school we go to, I mean, like literally every time we go, there's Krispy Kreme in the corner. It doesn't bother me. I don't, I'm not craving for them. I just... 
see that most people and they're a diabetic and they're, they're eating them so it's like okay uh, i have to sit here and be quiet and i understand because they don't know but if you're going to one of these occasions one of the best things you can do is eat before you go uh, and if it's just not feasible to do that figure out some snacks you can have on your way there so that you don't feel like you have the need to eat and, and keep in mind any gathering special event special occasion it's not it's not you're not there to eat anyway i know that food has been part of our society and and what goes in there but you're really there to socialize and enjoy other people so do that be good about it and it, it'll it'll feed your soul i promise you um and again willpower will will override you especially if you're hangry or starving it'll get there one of the biggest things that, that has made a big difference in us is we, we pre-plan all of our travel. Hey, we're going to travel. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. But everybody has their own bag of snacks. Um, for us, we're, we're lucky because we don't have to be completely autoimmune paleo. So we can we can carry nuts. And a lot of autoimmune paleo that's really inflamed, you just can't have nuts. And we have healthy jerky. Sometimes we make our own. Sometimes we buy it. But the MSG is like literally in all of them. So you have to go find. It's hard to find them. And when we will we'll fly but again we find something that is good and then somebody has a reaction to it and it's 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 immediately off our plate we're moving to the next one now what we do on vacation and we do like to take them is we try to relax and explore and see all the cool things that we can do and wherever we go and we do plan where we're going to eat again the menu thing that's going on there and if we can walk there like we like to go to the beach so often we can we we try to walk to a place let's say they're going to for whatever reason, let's say I'm going to have lobster and with that lobster, I don't know, they're going to have a salad and they're maybe, maybe not have, um, balsamic vinaigrette or something like that. Or I can taste it. Hey, this has, I can taste sugar or, you know, it might have, it's just too good to not have MSG in it. Um, so we'll do whatever I can and then we'll, we'll try to walk. We'll do a different exercise than what I'm doing because it's a small deviation. It's a change in the diet. What can we do to, to, to manage this and keep blood sugar stable? Move. So uh, that's one of the things. So is beef bad? No. There are some people who can't have beef, but we want grass-fed, grass-finished. Um, same with your anything else. We want grass-fed, grass-finished. Uh, with this fish, well got. Uh, if it's coffee, we want it to be organic. We want it to not have any uh, what's called mycotoxin. So there has to be mycotoxin free so that you don't get any mold in it because it's another thing that gets mold just like most of the grains do. So if you start to change your mind around food and you see what they are and use them, um, most people are using them as treats and rewards. And what we want to have is food to heal you. Let food be your medicine. So when you start to have foods and activities and you plan and you have your goal in mind, I have this goal, I want to do this. I have this goal, I want to do this. And now when I go to the wedding, I haven't met my goal yet. I can eat before I go. It's just these little things that make such a big deal. Now, I still want everybody to, to work out, and you have to find the best way to do it. Things that help you relax is stretching, or you can do yoga. Um, the way I lift weights, and, and one of the, the doctor that came up with it, his name is Dr. Philip Maffetone, it's, it's slow and it's isotonic. I don't do that every day. Um, because I still have my high intensity stuff, but I don't do 45 minutes of high intensity. I don't even do 20. It's like 15. That's it, where it's interval off, interval off, interval off with a warm up and cool down. So it's really only 10 minutes of high intensity, but it's really five minutes when it comes down to it. But that's what I get. Why? Because I don't get into what's called sympathetic dominance. I need parasympathetic dominance so I can pee, poop, sex, digestion, immunity, blood sugar, blood supply, and hormone balance. Kind of a big deal. Um, I've said that a time or two. So that's some of the strategies that we we can get to i will be talking more about physical activity um in my next 
podcast. I hope this is a really good start to get things going, and I thank you for listening. I know you have a lot of options and podcasts you can listen to. If you'd like to learn more about our office, call our office. Uh, You can go to our website at choosenewleaf.com. There are things to help along with blood sugar. There are things you can help uh, even using self-acupressure at home on our website to help you out. I'm Dr. Alan Trites. Be well. This podcast, Great Health Does Not Have to Be a Mission Impossible, provides you information about evidence-based strategies for Hashimoto's hypothyroidism, gut health problems, digestion, autoimmune disease, brain health issues, and many other chronic health conditions. If you enjoy this podcast, you can find more information on today's episode, Nutrition, Dr. Trite's blog, and many other topics at choosenewleaf.com. There you'll have all the information, and thank you for listening to this podcast. The best thing to do is sign up for his newsletter, where he'll update you on the latest research and clinical strategies related to chronic and autoimmune health conditions. You can find Dr. Trite's social media on Instagram and Facebook with the username New Leaf Health. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional health care services, including the giving of medical advice. Note, no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and materials linked to the podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not delay or disregard obtaining medical advice for any medical conditions they have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions.